It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. This is episode number 325 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Hope you guys are having a good weekend whenever you might be listening, downloading. As always, we thank you. I'm your host, Chris Russell. You can follow me individually on Twitter at Russellmania621. Just a quick reminder, that is not just a Redskins-only Twitter account. If you want Redskins-only coverage uh, with a little sprinkle of the NFL why don't you do this, as you should do anyway, at Locked Redskins. At Locked Redskins is how you do that. As well, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram, at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram, get your cool coverage of all 32 NFL teams from all of our local podcast hosts and experts around the NFL. All right, let's get to... What we have on tap for today, um, listen, you know, nobody's giving the Redskins a chance, as we all know. Uh, As we record this, Jay Gruden has not publicly revealed his quarterback decision. The full belief that I and everyone that covers the Redskins have uh, is that it'll be Colt McCoy, uh, assuming that there was no setbacks. That's the most logical and likely choice. I suppose it could be something else, um, but we're going to go with Colt McCoy as the as the pick here, as we have all along, as we've been saying for weeks, that it would be Colt McCoy as soon as he was ready. That's what Jay wanted to do. Uh, that's what Jay feels comfortable with. He feels McCoy hasn't been given a shot uh, because of various politics and because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's part of the reason that he hasn't won the job and been able to stay on and stay in the job. Everybody thinks it's just about turnovers. Turnovers are a part of it. He's a high event quarterback. It is health. It's durability. It's dependability. That's the problem. And Cole McCoy is a really nice guy. And he works really hard, and he's humble, and I hope he does well. And he's got a wonderful family, and he's a nice guy, and he does have some talent. But people forget what it's like to be able to depend on a quarterback, especially the quarterback, each and every Sunday. Think about this. Kirk Cousins, and I know a lot of Redskins fans hate the name Kirk Cousins. He started every single game for three years in a row. 48 games, plus a playoff game. Now, you guys, a lot of you didn't like him. You didn't like the contract. You didn't like the phony baloney stuff. I get it. He's so far been a disappointment. There is no other way to say it in Minnesota. That's not all his fault. The way he's performed in Minnesota has justified the Redskins' decision. 
right? Has or has validated the Redskins decision. I don't think it has because it never should have got to a point of $28 million. It never should have. If the Redskins were smart, which they're often not, and lack complete common sense, and I was screaming about this forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, they would have signed him when he offered a three-year, I think it was $19.5 million. They wanted nothing to do with it. They thought they knew better. Uh, They should have put him on the transition tag. They wanted nothing to do with that. They thought they knew better, and they didn't. And then the price just kept doubling and expanding and getting absurdly overboard to the point where he got a fully guaranteed $28 million per year deal from the Vikings. Good for Kirk. He gambled. He went on. He stood firm. Bad for the Redskins because they could have had a starting quarterback locked in who plays every game at, you know, a reasonable, a more than reasonable cost. Anyway, moving beyond that, moving beyond that, because I know people don't want to hear it. The reason why I brought it up was because Kirk Cousins played every game. Kirk Cousins was there to answer the bell every single game. Does that mean that Colt McCoy is doing something? No, it's, it just means you can't count on him. I, how could anybody ever count on him before this latest incident? People forget he was injured a couple of times in 2014. He was injured when the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Look, lots of guys get injured. It's a physical position. But some guys get injured more. Some guys don't. Eli Manning, for all the criticism of Eli Manning, how many games did Eli Manning miss because of injury? The answer is zero. The, the answer is zero. I mean, you can't even say that about Tom Brady, who's obviously played in every game outside of the one year where he tore up his knee. But you can't even say that about Tom Brady. Durability is, to me, the most underrated element of being an NFL quarterback. And people just want to overlook it. The Redskins have wanted to overlook that for a long time. And now they find themselves in a position, as they did last year, when they completely mismanaged the quarterback position. First of all, giving Alex Smith a four-year contract extension when there was no need to. At exorbitant value, there was no need to. They wanted somebody to marry instead of somebody that was dating them. I get that. And now they're paying for it heavily. Obviously, nobody wanted what happened to Alex Smith, but there was a couple of durability issues, concussion-wise and others, in Alex Smith's background. Again, almost everybody is not clean in terms of injury. Kirk Cousins is one of the rare guys that is clean. Eli Manning, one of the rare guys, clean. So I'm not going to say, oh, they should have known with Alex Smith. That's not fair. But they didn't have to give him a contract extension. They could have just waited to see. Again, I understand they were tired of the dating game. I get it. But the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And they had that situation, and they, as I 
screamed about, I wasn't doing the podcast at that point. I screamed about on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., as loud as anybody could hear me. For the last two years, 2017 with Kirk and 2018 with Alex Smith, they went into a season with only two quarterbacks on the active roster. And in 2017, they had a developmental quarterback in the building on the practice squad. In 2018, they did not. They had two quarterbacks in the building, which was an absurdly dumb decision. Not even one quarterback on the practice squad to learn the terminology, the system. Absurdly dumb. And whoever made that decision, whether it's Bruce or Dan or, or, or Jay, absurdly dumb. And now you have a situation, just fast-forwarding to this year, after the carnage of last year, you have a situation where right now, how could you have any trust, any faith, that Colt McCoy is going to last, never mind one game, that he's going to last a quarter, that he's going to last a half. You can hope, but you can't legitimately have any faith, any reasonable confidence. How could you? Why would you? It makes absolutely no sense why you would have any level of faith. I'm sorry. I feel bad for saying that. That's the truth. Case Keenum, his foot's banged up. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's slightly affecting him. Maybe he could play. We'll see who the inactive quarterback is. My guess is, my guess is it will be Case Keenum. That's the inactive quarterback because of his foot. But that's only a guess, assuming that Colt McCoy starts, which I, again, assume Colt McCoy will start. And by the time you listen to this, you probably will know that. I could be wrong, but so will many others that are around the team as well. But the bottom line is this. The Redskins are in this position of Colt McCoy not being able to ever stay healthy and really get off the trainer's table. And again, I know he's practiced the last two weeks. Congratulations, he hadn't played. You can't touch a quarterback in practice. We should remember that. Uh, Case Keenum, hurt, three weeks in, okay. Dwayne Haskins is Dwayne Haskins. Still a long way to go there. The Redskins did not value durability. I'm sorry. I know Kirk Cousins has not succeeded in Minnesota. Certainly not as a team. Certainly not as an individual. Certainly not for the price. But again, remember, it didn't have to get to this point. There should have never, ever, 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 ever been a day where Kirk Cousins made $28 million per year, ever. The Redskins had their opportunity, and they let it go. And because they didn't value, again, that durability, they're now in this soup of quarterback Apalooza where they don't know what the hell to do and what they can count on, quite honestly. Not only from a performance standpoint, but from a health standpoint standpoint. That's what people forget. That's what people forget. All right. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 325. Sorry, I just kind of went on a little rant about that. It's just something that bothers me. It's something that I talk about from time to time, and it's part of my criticism, quite honestly, of the hierarchy at Redskins Park. 
With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on to try it free for seven days and save 25% off of your new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash locked on to try it for free and Save 25% off. There you go. Back in a flash on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Plenty of reaction from Redskins Park next on the on LOR 325. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with nobody to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than betting on them, guys. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, so you should too. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, and many of you are, Bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little, win a lot, try a parlay. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. So join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer, guys. That's promo code locked on and visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Chris Russell. This is episode number 325 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Let's get some reaction from Redskins Park. So much has been made of the quarterback situation, uh, as we just discussed. Let's hear from the defensive coordinator, Greg Minuski, still under fire, as he should be. Not that it's all his fault, but Greg Minuski meeting with reporters on Thursday via Redskins Audio. What exactly have you seen from Ryan Kerrigan as he tries to get going on the edge there? Yeah, just across the board, we got to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, of course. You know, every week, you know, we go into with the game plan uh, with the coaches. And, uh, you know, we just got to make sure ball's coming out quick at times. But I'm just saying, uh, overall, we got to get to the quarterback. And, and that's an issue that we've had, you know, over these last uh, four games. So uh, we got to continue to keep on working during the practice and get after him. Coach, what have you seen in Noah Spence so far? And do you think he adds anything yeah, new it, to your team? He's got some, you know, real good quickness. He's got some good, uh, you know, getting off the ball. So uh, from our, our, our standpoint, you know, we're looking to put him in certain situations and get him uh, to pass rush. And that'll help us out a little bit on the outside. How's Cole Holcomb's development coming along? He was kind of really active around the line of scrimmage in those first couple games and then kind of got pulled a little bit into some <coughs> yeah, I struggles think it was more, pass coverage. It was more of a, 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 more of a, a situation where we had a different personnel grouping in there, you know, especially in the Chicago game. Uh, but overall, uh, Cole's been doing a great job and he's got to just continue, you know, learning the, uh, the defense, learning what the offense is trying to do to them or us and, uh, you know, continue to play like he has been uh, the last couple of weeks. 
You know, we talk about pass rush. I'm wondering if the game has sort of evolved a little bit to the point where maybe getting sacks isn't as easy to do as it was even a few years ago. And, you know, that sometimes those numbers aren't going to jump out at you as much. Well, I think overall, I think, uh, you know, with the RPO game and stuff like that, when you play teams that are doing that, the ball is coming out quick. But, you know, for us, uh, we do teach trying to get our hands up and try to bat the ball down. Uh, but overall, you know, in the National Football League, you know, if um, depends on you, who you're playing, you know, we're trying to get in a, we got to try to get as, as more physical up front from a, a standpoint of, you know, really pressing the pocket and trying to uh, crunch it down as much as we can. And then, uh, Greg, how, do, how does the game plan for the defensive front seven change knowing you're going against the Patriots and Tom Brady, who, who is known for getting the ball out really quickly? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's one of the best of all time. You know, it's, it's, it's a guy that sits in the pocket and knows exactly where he's going to go with the ball. He's like, a, he's like the offensive coordinator. He knows exactly where to go. So from our standpoint, we've got to disguise as much as we can, you know, on each and every down and then take it from there. When you look at results this year, what is the one thing that maybe surprises you the most? What, what, what do you look at and say, gosh, over the first four games, I don't? Well, I think, uh, you know, overall, what surprises me the most um, is, uh, hmm, you kind of stumped me there. I really don't know. <laughs> and then, Coach, uh, last week against the Giants, there were a couple plays where you guys were able to collapse the pocket, and then Daniel Jones was able to escape. What do you think the key is going to be this week against Tom Brady to finish those plays and turn them into sacks? Well, that's what we got to. We got to get back there and try to get him to the ground. He, you know, he's still a big body guy. I know he's aging a little bit, but he can still throw the ball. He can still step up in a pocket. Does a great job of keeping his eyes up the field. And uh, we got to make sure that we do crunch the pocket and try to get after him that way. Do you guys get more juiced up in a week like this when you go against a guy of Brady's stature, or is it just, hey, we got to figure out a way to get this right, anyways? Uh, well, when you play Tom Brady, it's always something, you know. So uh, we, everybody knows upstairs that, you know, that he's a very good player, you know, and uh, we got to get after him. All right, so that's defensive coordinator Greg Minuski. Now let's hear from Jonathan Allen, the leader of the defense, the outspoken leader of the defense, the verbal leader of the defense, the everything that makes everything kind of move in conjunction with the defense. Uh, the problem is he's only one guy, and he can't do everything. By, and I don't even know if he's completely healthy. We hope, hope. He's played the last two games. Hopefully this defense can get a little bit better in terms of that pass rush. They'll need it against the New England Patriots and Tom Brady who gets rid of the football very quickly uh, here on LOR. Yeah. Yeah, we got to do. It doesn't matter what they do because we're not going to win. So my whole attention to focus on going on what the D-line has to do to be successful, what the defense has to do to be successful, and what this team has to do. And I feel like it's on us. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the offensive line has been really, really good for the Patriots so far. What, what have you seen from them on film? Like, what do they do well? They work well together. They're disciplined. They don't make a lot of mistakes. But, again, I'm not focused on them. I'm focused on what we got to do and what I got to do to help this team win. And that, that's just my mindset going in every game. What, what, sorry, what, what does the defense, your defense, need to do to, to have success on Sunday? Well, from a defensive line perspective, we got to dominate the run and make them one-dimensional. We have to stop the run with a light box. All the things that are really the same keys every week. You got to make a team one-dimensional, and then after that you get to pin your ears back as a defensive line and rush. And after you do that, you've got to get up on third downs. So those are the things that I'm focusing on this week. You were 
pretty ticked off after last game. When is that? Does it? Are you still like? Does it carry th throughout the week? When does that? How do you kind of shift gears? What's kind of your process? Like? I mean, I'm always pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, it's just what I, it's what I am. It's how I am. How do you guys address the penalties? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. I have no clue. We just got to go out there and just focus on what we can control and just try to play a cleaner game. You can't worry about the referees because with, with all that said about the referees, they didn't lose us the game. We did. I'm sorry, but why, why are you always pissed off? Because, I mean, hate losing. If we're not winning, I'm pissed off regardless. And then we win, I want to dominate. It's not, how, it's not if you win, it's how you win. So I'm just, just trying to stay focused on what we got to do, keep our heads down and just grind at this point. The Patriots have a... Solid running back core of Sony Michelle, James White, etc. Uh, how do you think the defensive line has done a job of preparing for that matchup? You don't really prepare for the running backs. I really don't care who they have at their back there at running back. If you dominate the line of scrimmage, you're going to have success against any running back, and that's our mentality going into every game. So, no disrespect to them, they have great running backs. I played Sony Michelle in college, and he's a great running back. But without an offensive line, it doesn't really matter. So that's what our job and that's what our goal is: to go out there and be physical, be more physical than the Patriots' offensive line as a defensive line. John, obviously Nick uh, Saban was just tight with Belichick. Did you ever hear any stories, or did Nick ever tell him, talk about Bill at all at Alabama? And what kind of do you, like, what kind of admiration do you have for what he's built out there? Honestly, they're the exact same people. Like I would, I would hear them have conversations. They say the same things. They talk the same. They act the same. It's literally the same exact person. So, I mean, you have a bunch of respect for what they do because what they do at the collegiate level and the NFL level is, I mean, it's nothing short of amazing. How do you think that they've been able to build that consistency with professionals as opposed to what Nick's done at Alabama? Well, I mean, going from what I know from Coach Saban, he's a great leader of men. I mean, X's and O's, he's a great coach, but he's not the best X's and O's guy in the world. What makes him so unique and special is his ability to get everybody to buy into one cause, one purpose, and everybody put their own goals and egos aside and do what's best for the team. Has that happened here? I'm sorry? Has that happened here? I mean, I definitely do believe it has, but at the NFL, it's different. It's different. You don't have four years with a guy. You have guys who can come in one year, might not be here the next year. So you can't really compare collegiate level to the NFL level. All right, and that is Jonathan Allen of the Washington Redskins. We'll come back, wrap it up, LOR 325. I'll have a pick for you. Uh, and as well, we will hear from Josh Norman next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is episode number 325 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us right here on LOR. Good to have you guys uh, aboard and hope you're having a great weekend. Redskins, Patriots, 1 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. So let's wrap it up with a quick word from Josh Norman, who did not practice on Thursday. Remember, he banged up his knee uh, at MetLife Stadium uh, on Sunday, had to come out for a little bit, went back in. Uh, certainly, um, you know, you give him credit for that. He uh, made a couple of plays. Uh, he wasn't that bad on Sunday, so we certainly have to make sure that we um, you know, kind of salute him because we certainly take the time to criticize him. Josh Norman meeting with reporters on Thursday. Right. How's the knee? I'm for the game. It's the plan. 
what exactly happened on that play? Uh, I, mean, I just came down on it. Like first thing that my body touched, or well, the ground touched, was my knee. So um, that was very awkward. I didn't, I didn't expect it to happen. But hitting it hard, slamming on the turf, is horrible recipe for anybody. I think just going down on that kind of surface, feels the grass. Probably would have been different. Probably the cushion definitely would have, you know, softened the blow. But the turf, nah. Obviously, like a bone bruise or whatever it is, doesn't feel very good. Were you relieved when you found out there's nothing structural? Yeah, I was. I mean, shoot, I was blessed. I was covered for sure because I thought it was definitely something more when I got up because it's just it was that initial shock that you know surged through my body from it. But um, yeah, I think I'll be just fine. How does it feel today compared to even like? Uh, still working it out. Still working out. Um, the soreness and the blood. It's kind of got some blood still stuck in certain places. And so I'm just trying to get that out and work that out, um, those areas. But other than that, just taking it day by day. What's it like trying to prepare for Patriots offense? Oh, man, it's, you know, they, um, they're a special group. Um, they're champions for a reason because what they do, they don't change. And they're really good at it. So, um, you know, it's going to um, present a challenge for us. Um, we can wink out. You know, they come in here, um, expect to get there. No fifth win of the season, and we want to get out first. So, we just you go out there and prepare, as guys been doing this far this whole entire week. Um, and looking for an opportunity, you know, um, for him to give us one. What's different with Brady and with other guys in the face? I don't know. He's just, he's so proficient, man. Oh, my gosh. He's hes the best of the best. Um, when you look at a quarterback, um, he's that elite. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what do you say? Uh, when you look at a um, premier premium quarterback, it's none other than that man right there, Tom Brady. Um, utmost respect for him. Can't wait to see him. To get the opportunity to, that's for sure. Because um, I love going against those type of guys, man. They um, bring out the best in you. Your game rises. So um, t- to be able to match up with a guy of that type of caliber, it's going to be amazing. Josh, is the scheme all that, or is it the decision-making within that scheme, or is, I guess, ultimate decision-making knowing the scheme? Well, I mean, you don't get six, six Super Bowls for nothing, that's for sure. I mean... The guy is, is unbelievable. I mean, he's the best of the best at the position. He's probably ever done it. Um, speaking, and there's a lot of quarterbacks, and very few of them can have and claim that Mount Rushmore. So, Josh, is it tough for you guys as veterans? Obviously, in a spot where you don't want to be, but you've seen the response you get. You like from your guys this week, and as veterans, is it tough to keep these guys at 0 for no one you're going against one of the best this week. Yeah, even for veterans and stuff. I mean, I think we all in this together, you know. Um, all our hands in this together. Um, Trying to dig ourselves out of this hole that we put ourselves into um, from the top to the bottom. Just got to find a way to uh, capitalize on opportunities when we get our chances. I'm going against a team um, defending Super Bowl champions, and they're not going to come over here. I guarantee you they're not going to roll over. We're going to go out there and try to do our best. All right, that is Josh Norman, and here's the deal. Uh, We forgot to officially in the podcast 
uh, last week, submit our pick, so we'll do it here. I'm going to take the Redskins plus the 16. The Redskins plus the 16, I know that sounds a little crazy, but I have faith that the Redskins will be able to somewhat, somewhat not embarrass themselves and say lose by 13 points, maybe 14 I could see them losing by 17, so maybe some of you got the game at 17. I'm going with the 16 that I have. Um, you know, I would prefer it to be 17, but uh, I'm going to go with the 16 and think that the Redskins can at least hang in there. This Patriot offense has not been humming along, certainly from a run game standpoint, like it normally has. Uh, and even though Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and even though he's upset with the way they perform, the bottom line is, I, I think somehow, some way, the Redskins are able to keep this reasonably under control. They still lose, but I'm going to take the Redskins plus the 16. All right, hope you guys are having a great weekend. We'll be back after Sunday night's game uh, with a complete look back on LOR episode number 326. Thanks for being with us. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.